This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, we are discussing multimorbidity and how physical activity could help people with multiple chronic conditions. And we have a brilliant guest for this episode. Our guest is working as a professor in exercise and human health at Research Unit for Musculoskeletal Function and Physiotherapy at University of Southern Denmark. He has considerable experience within the field of osteoarthritis and other chronic conditions and has published RCT studies in high-quality journals, including the New England Journal of Medicine, which has a pretty decent impact factor of 79.3. Our today's discussion is based on his EU-funded project Mobilize, aiming to improve health in people with multimorbidity through personalized exercise therapy and education. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Professor Søren Thorgardskog. Welcome. Thank you very much for the nice introduction. Yeah, great, great to have you. And if we go right, right into the theme, maybe we start defining the terms. So there's term morbidity, comorbidity, multimorbidity, and also complex multimorbidity. So what, what are those? Yes, it is uh, terms that are sometimes used interchangeably. Um, if we want to define multimorbidity, we usually say it's persons who have two or more chronic conditions. The difference between having multimorbidity and comorbidity is that when you have multimorbidity, there is no index condition. You're considering the person as a whole who might have two, three, four or more conditions, but you're not focused on, for example, osteoarthritis or the heart condition. While in comorbidity, you would have an index condition like osteoarthritis, and then the person might have other conditions, but what you're focusing on is the condition. That's kind of the definition or the difference between multimorbidity and comorbidity. Then there is a, a term called complex multimorbidity which is a rather new term, but typically referring to a person who has three or more conditions within three or more different body systems. So complex uh, mobility uh, could, for example, be a person with osteoarthritis, heart condition, and COPD. While if a person has osteoarthritis and low back pain, they would have multimorbidity, but it wouldn't be complex as it was within the same body system that they had the conditions. And, and I think to, to make it even more challenging, uh, this definition of two or more chronic conditions to have multimorbidity is what is recognized by WHO as a definition of multimorbidity, but others in the literature have used many different definitions. So it's really important when reading literature on multimorbidity to look at what is the definition and what conditions was actually included in that definition. 
And when we compare multimorbidity and comorbidity, is it about the attitude of the people taking the care that they give index for one, or is there difference in the severity of, of different conditions? Yeah, so the, the healthcare system around the world is mostly specialized in specific conditions. So if you went to the hospital, uh, you would go to the department of cardiology. You wouldn't go to the department of multimorbidity. So when the healthcare system treats you, they would treat you, treat the index conditions you have and consider your comorbidities. If we were to focus on multimorbidity, you would go to the hospital and meet specialists, but meet them in, uh, for example, the same day, the same department, or even around the same table. It could also be a, I think the term non-specialized isn't good, but it could also be a, a generalist who are helping you across conditions, focusing on what is it that challenges you the most, instead of focusing specifically on your heart, because that's why you came to the hospital today. Mm, makes sense. And one more question in the terminology. What, what is considered as a condition? What kind of different conditions are, are counted? That is another really good uh, uh, question. In the literature so far, uh, multimorbidity has been defined by including between two and 285 different conditions. And I guess I cannot come up with the perfect uh, uh, response to your question but you know for example hypertension some would consider that a risk factor and others would consider it a condition and that's again something that challenged the interpretation of the the literature and where it's really important to look at it when you're reading effect studies for example what is it actually that was included in the population and which conditions was included and also musculoskeletal problems are included and mental mental health problems right yes for sure and and uh, something that's really important to acknowledge is that the two you're mentioning are really important the musculoskeletal conditions because having musculoskeletal pain affects your ability to do exercise and what we know is that actually across many conditions exercise is so important and mental health condition is important because we can see from the literature both studies we have done and that others have done that having a mental condition on top of your somatic or physical condition makes everything worse, your quality of life, your well-being and, and so on. So it's, it's really, really two very important uh, types of conditions. Uh, mm, yeah, let's go in a moment for uh, the clusters of conditions. But maybe first, do, do we know prevalence of, of for example, multimorbidity in, in different different countries, different socio-economic uh, groups. I think the first thing that is really important to acknowledge is actually that when we consider people with chronic conditions, we tend to focus on their index conditions, like the COPD or the heart condition. But in fact, most people who have chronic conditions have two or more. So it's rather the norm than the exception to have multimorbidity when you have uh, chronic conditions. If we look at the overall prevalence across the world, it's about one in three adults who have multimorbidity. As with any chronic conditions, it's very age dependent. So the older you get, the higher the risk of having multimorbidity. It's also more prevalent in, in uh, women compared to men. And it's also more prevalent in high income countries as compared to low and middle income countries, but still there is a, a high prevalence also in, in low and middle income countries of multimorbidity. 
In terms of uh, socioeconomic status, and again, this is similar to what we see in, in single chronic conditions, there is a higher prevalence among people from more deprived areas. In fact, uh, if we look at the onset of multimorbidity, it actually occurs 10 to 15 years earlier in people living in the most deprived areas as compared to the most affluent areas. And that is, you know, really important to acknowledge, also given the fact that they might have fewer resources to, to approach the healthcare sector to, to get help. So it's also an area for, for you know, future research in how to um, involve or get people with multimorbidity from more deprived areas to the, the healthcare sector. Mm. And did I understand correct that it's lower in low-income countries, but higher in deprived areas that's correct and the full explanation to that isn't there yet but some of the things that has been mentioned is that the uh, obviously there are more more and more conditions that are also driven by lifestyle related factors and still in, in high income countries we we tend to to have a lifestyle that's more sedentary for example tend to be more weight but it's also related to the access to healthcare which in in at least low income countries might be challenged so so the numbers might also be affected by your ability to to go to the healthcare sector and and actually receive the diagnosis but but we're still not there yet to understand this difference but it's there but but still prevalent also in low and middle income uh, countries yeah and and then if we talk about the condition clusters how how do these multimorbidities get get clustered in in people Hmm. So we, I'm a, a researcher by background, and as you said, I'm associated with the University of Southern Denmark, but also in a research unit uh, called Progress in Region Sealand, where we have a multi-professional research unit. And in that research unit, we try to look into clusters, and, and we have also done it in other studies, and others have done it in addition to us. And as researchers, we tend to, to, to try to find, you know, complex relationships between conditions and identify clusters of conditions uh, also in, in multimorbidity. But so far, at least, we are not at the stage where we can talk much about what is, uh, what is the clusters that are most important. It seems to be that those that include mental conditions are important. And, and also others, but it also depends on how we analyze or define um, clusters of conditions. So, so at this, this stage, there is no recommended or no, no universal cluster that seems to be associated with worse health. Um, and we are still in a development phase trying to find out how can we actually, or how are we grouping different chronic conditions in multimorbidity, but at least, uh, if we talk about you know the focus of your great podcast here, physical activity, we know that physical activity is a risk factor for at least 35 chronic conditions. So one cluster is at least related to to uh, to lifestyle and and to the conditions that are you know at risk of developing following inactivity. And that could maybe explain the high and low income countries, although we are not sure what's the difference between them. Yeah. And and how is it like in your article, there was about aging and inflammation and, and this, how, how are these, these affecting 
the clustering. So there are, uh, you know, a number of potential risk factors for or determinants of developing uh, multimorbidity. And definitely um, inflammation is part of that picture. It seems that many um, conditions actually have some sort of low-grade in systemic inflammation as, as part of the pathogenesis. Um, and the interesting thing here is actually that low-grade systemic inflammation is also associated with your physical activity level. The more active you are, uh, the lower, typically the lower your systemic uh, low-grade inflammation is, and the other way around if you're less physically active. Other things that are considered potential determinants of uh, multimorbidity relates to psych psychosocial factors like loneliness and adverse childhood experience. And obviously other behavioral factors than, than physical activity like smoking and diet and, and sleep and socioeconomic factors are important uh, factors related to, to the development of uh, multimorbidity. And, and obviously many more. And, and there is also the obvious genetic part and, and epigenetic part that is, is important to consider. And most likely they are synergistic and they are working together and it's not because of one thing that you develop a multimorbidity, but a, you know, a mix of, of determinants. Yeah, and, and when you said that the physical activity reduces the low-grade inflammation, how, how is the relationship? Like many of us know that when you go to do strength training in a long time, you get high inflammation. Does it work kind of as a sparring that you practice it for a moment, high inflammation, and then you are able to cope with the inflammation or do we know how it how it works well it, it's a, it's a, at least important to acknowledge the differences between what you know happens acutely during an exercise bout and and the low grade systemic inflammation that is part of of uh, you know the, the system no matter of of the exercise you do and it is the, the, the low grade systemic inflammation that we should focus on in terms of reducing um yeah, so, so it's a, it's an, a, still an emerging field within multimorbidity, but a lot of other more skilled researchers have looked into to this uh, inflammation aspect in terms of uh, other single chronic conditions. And it seems that, interestingly, that we can actually affect it by doing physical activity and exercise. And and you are not you haven't specialized for low grade inflammation, but maybe you can give a small overview. What 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 do we know know about it? Yeah, it's it's at least uh, important to acknowledge that it's um, associated with the the, um, the body fat you have around your your stomach. It's uh, associated with the physical activity or inactivity. And it's also associated with a, a range of uh, chronic conditions. And I think that's the most important things to consider and the most important uh, aspects related to what we're talking about today, because we can actually affect it. And thereby, we also have a, at least one part of the solution to why exercise and physical activity can affect chronic conditions. Because as with determinants of health that we talked about, before uh, the same goes for the effects of physical activity and exercise so we're still not there yet that we have the full understanding of why it works but uh, affecting inflammation is part of of why it works at least and and do we know how how common is the low-grade inf inflammation with people with multimorbidity is it is it that everybody has it or, or do, you, do you have a guess it's at least uh, 
my guess we are currently doing some research research in this field but uh, we haven't finalized it yet but at least what we know so far is that that you know if not more common at least as in common yeah, as in in the, the the single condition would be my guess given that uh, it's associated with many conditions so if you have more conditions you would most likely also have you know a higher risk of having low-grade systemic inflammation Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.